Propane taxi. Stop lugging that tank. We deliver propane straight to you. Exchange your empties when you're through. That's propane taxi. PropaneTaxi.com. What's cooking this weekend? If grilling is your plan, then make it easy on yourself. Go to PropaneTaxi.com. Enter promo code BBQ10 for $10 first barbecue tank exchange delivered to your door. It's that easy with Propane Taxi, so you can focus on family, friends, and fun. Mac, I'm being told that I am no longer the Donatello, the Egon, the Kevin Smith from that Die Hard movie, the guy that does machines. You have trouble with very basic computer components. You're really good at what you're good at, and then some things, it's like you've never touched a computer. I'm not good with computers, (laughs) even though I'm supposed to be the guy that does machines. I'm not great with visual things. You're not good with software. I'm terrible with software. You are very good with a certain hardware, but not all hardware. Right. You're a very niche computer does machines guy. So I guess we need to figure out what my deal is. Yeah, we got to figure out what your deal is. Now, what do you do? I can't be cool but crude because that's kind of what you are right now. We can't have two Raphaels on the show. Yeah. Well, like overall, Keith's definitely the cool but crude guy. I'm I've, sort of. I, I can sort you of, know what? Uh, you, Keith, Davey, and West. <laughs> Are all, all cool but crude. Yeah. Well, we're all crude. Yeah. And then to different degrees of cool, I, I guess it depends uh, which listener you are. And I would say one or two of you might have the party dude aspect to you. I used to. I'm so over that phase of my life. I am the opposite of a party dude. Yeah, but you're I the might, one that goes to the most parties. I might have to be the party dude. Yeah, because you go to all these fucking galas and Plus, shit. Plus, remember that thing where I was holding two beers? Yeah, that's right. That's a party dude scenario. Prior to then, when was the last time you had double fisted? <laughs> I don't even know. My house when we were like 23. Someone was with those two chicks. (laughs) But even then, your concoction used to be Captain Morgan's and root beer. That was your mixture. Only when I couldn't find grape soda. You used to do Captain's and grape soda? Yes. That sounds terrible. I would not make it out. There's a guy I work with. It tasted like medicine. (laughs) There's a guy I work with who mixes Captain's and Diet Mountain Dew. Surprisingly Ooh, good. Okay. Surprisingly good. I mean, I'm pretty much a captain, a spiced rum, if you will. I'm not a rum. Find guy anything at all. else. I don't like rum. I'm out on rum, in fact. So within this, you love shared universes. Yeah. Triforce. Yeah. Of course, hashtag dork, Rich Keefe, Ryan Davy, the boxers, Marcus and Wes. We have no leader. No, we don't really have a leader. I we think have... I think uh you and Davy are probably the most charismatic as far as leaders go, but you would rather let people Not vote on a decision? I would rather everyone else decide what to do. Yeah, and I can't lead because I'm too spiteful. Like, I think I can't... that sort of goes for Keith. So I, I guess Wes or Marcus would have to lead. And if that's the case, we're going downhill real fast. Yeah, I think that we'd crash and burn quick. At least Wes is a coach, so maybe Wes would, would lead. That's a good point. He is a coach. Hmm. I have issues picking Wes restaurants. Wes or Davey. So that sounds like every definitely guy Definitely can't be a leader. Well, because you naturally have that same conversation. Babe, what do you want? where do you want to eat? Yeah. I don't know. I just want to watch bad television. And Have you tapped wine. my phones? It sounds like you just played one of my phone Babe, calls. Where do you want to eat? That sounds just like me. I thought it was me for a second. We have the cool but crudes, mm-hmm. almost too many of them. Sure. Davey's better at machines than me. Yes. Davey is definitely the most well read on machines. Yeah. Davey's more of the rocket raccoon than I am. Yeah. But Rocket Raccoon is also cool but crude, but also does we're, machines. We're both kind of uh, uh, rollless. Because Keith is better at what I do, and Davey's better at what you do. So we're just the B squad. <laughs> we're the Toka and Razar. Yeah. 
<laughs> we are two mutants that were attempted to be made. We are bebop and rock We're just here, you know, yeah. trying to get better every they day. They were like, hey, we also made these mutants. And yeah. they're like, ugh, those guys aren't very good. We're, they're idiots. We're a couple of Garoppolos. We just need our chance. We've shined when we've, we've gotten the opportunity, but the other guy's clearly better. And we have no party dudes. <laughs> yeah. One goo three, yeah! Mac and goo! Jaws three! Mac and goo! King of Queens! Mac and goo! Meryl Street! Mac goo! Entertainment! Thanks, Marcus! I'm Goo. And I'm Mac. And we are the Mac and Goo program. We bring you rudderless friendship. <laughs> we just. Float, we all float on, okay. Once again, toss this out there. Best song of the aughts. What happened to Modest Mouse? They release an album every four years. And then they're just like, we worked really hard on this, but then they're like, like, oh, we forgot about you. We're in hibernation now. Do they get really Beck on us? Is that what they do? I mean, all their albums are very similar. You know who I miss? You hear uh, Lampshades on Fire? I think that came out about four years ago. So they're due for something new soon. You know who I miss? Who's that? The All-American Rejects. I don't miss them at all. Really? I was excited when people were discussing- I'll make you my dirty little secret. They're not good. I mean- that's a hot take. Not that hot. The All-American Rejects are great. This is why you are not our leader. Because <laughs> we'll listen to All-American Rejects on our <laughs> adventures? Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. So right. I hate having fun, too. Was it Shaggy or was it Freddie Prinze that was the leader of Scooby-Doo? Freddie. There we go. <laughs> right. The same name but without Freddie Today, Prince. Today, we're going to talk about Scooby-Doo. We're going to talk about Scooby-Doo. Once again, I was really excited when we decided that World War III was about to happen. And everyone started talking about Franz Ferdinand, and I'm like, good, it's about time that band gets its due. I can't stress this enough. I will dodge the draft like no one's ever dodged a draft. I'm looking at your feet right now. You have the flattest feet I've ever seen. I don't even know what defines flat feet. You like Franz Ferdinand? How would I know if I have? I do like Franz Ferdinand. Good, I do too. Very good. Um, I don't, like, who wants to get drafted? We're not doing a draft. Who wants to get drafted? I like drafting things. If they want someone to draft people... I'll that's gladly what, do that. That's what we do. We just found our. Th- we just figured out what our deal is. Yeah. So for World War Three, Mac and Goo has been hired to draft American citizens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mac. Today's topic. I always confuse that one with the. Elvis Costello song. Allison. That's Barry Manilow, right? <laughs> Barry Manilow was the first one, yeah, right? Yeah. What did I, I call also him before? Neil it. Diamond? Is that what I called him? Yeah, you call him Neil Diamond. I confuse it with another one, but I forget what it is. You know what story my dad loves telling? What is, is that? When he coached us in youth hockey. Yeah. Um, he allowed players to pick the pregame warm-up music. Yes, and that was in JV hockey, and we played Let's Get It On. Yeah, and uh, when it was Justin's turn, our pal Justin... He picked a Neil Diamond song, and he said the crowd looked just completely confused as to why a hockey team was mooring up to Neil Diamond. He said it was one of the funniest things he had ever seen. (laughs) Very odd. (laughs) Mac, the Mandy that we speak about today, Star Wars The Mandalorian. Yes, so this is a rated TV PG. Uh, I wish it... What are the TV? How do the TV ratings go? I don't really understand them. I know there's there's PG and MA. Is there anything in between? Is there TV-17? I don't think so. TV 13? Now you're just naming channels. I know. <laughs> this is a rated TV, TV 38. PG. 
<laughs> UPN. Action, adventure, and sci-fi. This is eight episodes averaging about 32 minutes each. So that's it's in an odd spot because hour-long television is about 42 minutes. Half-hour television is about 22 minutes. So they said, you know what? We're going to be different and throw everything off and be 32 minutes. Here we go. You ready for this? Sure. So TVY is for all children. Okay. TVY7 directed towards older children. Okay, I don't like that rating. TVY7FV directed towards Useless. older children with fantasy violence. So that rating is uh, very similar to uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6. Useless. TVG, general audience. Okay. TVPG. There we are. Parental guidance suggested. Okay. TV14. Right. Oh. Parents strongly cautioned. <laughs> and then TVMA. Mature audiences only. That's Cinemax. That's too many TV ratings right there. Figure out what you do, TV. Then TV 69. Uh, Goo, this show on Rotten Tomatoes has a 94% from the critics, 93% from the audience. Thumbs up, thumbs down situation. Yeah. I get it. Uh, Metacritic score of 69. Nice. Nice. And I also think much more representative of what the show is. IMDb, this is an 8.9. IMDb just doesn't get it. They don't know. I don't know how is. you could watch all eight episodes and be like, this is perfect throughout. Uh, this series was created by John Favreau. He wrote uh, six of the eight episodes. He didn't direct any. Would you put him on the hashtag dork Mount Rushmore? Uh, just of anyone? You're not going to ask ever? what a Mount Rushmore is? No, because I'm trying to figure out who I would throw on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, dude, he did Iron Man. Okay, true. Swingers. That's not dork. Kinda. They play Sega. He did this. He loves Star Wars. He also loves these things. So Yeah, I am lower on Iron Man than most. I wow. am lower on The Mandalorian than most. Uh, but I also do love Chef, the movie. and the chef Shaft Chef for a second. Shaft. That the last too. Shaft movie. <laughs> the Chef show was also awesome. So he did those. Put him on the Dork Hall of Fame. I'll put him on the Chef Hall of Fame. There you go. <laughs> okay. This show stars Pedro Pascal as The Mandalorian. For maybe one episode. He might not be in there for the rest of the episodes. He is... I really like his voice for the character. Mm -hmm. However, the character itself, I don't care much for. He's, okay. He's sort of just there. Mm -hmm. And I'll get to that in a bit. Carl Weathers as Grief Karga. He's always sad. Who's inconsistently used throughout the season. And I think he doesn't act it the best. But we can agree that the episodes that he's in are the best episodes. That's true. He's when the he's MVP. around, shit happens. He's the MVP. Uh, Gina Carano as Cara Dune. More like Cardboard Dune. Oh! Fucking smashed her. <laughs> smashed her. Uh, she's fine. She's yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. She does a job. Werner Herzog as the mean guy, a.k.a. the client. He's the one that mm -hmm. wants baby yo. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nolte as Queel. Queel? Queel? Q. That character stinks. I didn't mind him. Taika Waititi as IG-11. I like him, but he's explaining a bit too much for me. Emily Swallow plays the armorer, who is the character that makes the Mandalorian's and armor. And she's your favorite character. She's pretty cool, actually. Because she does your favorite stuff, yeah. which is make armor. Yeah. I'd love making armor. Yeah. It's like creating jerseys in Madden, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Giancarlo Esposito, a.k.a. Gus Fring, plays Moff Gideon, and he's only in two episodes, the final two episodes. I really dig that name. Well, how do you get to Grand Moff? That's what I'm wondering. What does Gideon have to do to get to Grand Moff? I would assume he has to have a kid, and then that kid has to have another kid. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that joke. That one really hit for me. Okay. Uh, Goo, I want to open this and talk about how we got here because I think even the people that love this show can admit the middle part there was not for anyone really it's, it's kind of like a time. hairstyle 
Don't do middle parts. <laughs> it just had such a serious pacing problem throughout the whole season, mm-hmm. both the season and most of the episodes. Can we attribute this to Favreau? Is this Favreau's fault? Or is this the fault of the directors and individual episodes? Because there's multiple directors. Favreau's the primary writer. The only episodes that weren't written by Favreau are five and six, which were two of the three worst episodes. Yep, and then Bryce Dallas Howard directed the fourth episode. Yeah, which I think is for sure the worst episode. But then the rest of them are Favreau and Taika Waititi, right? Directing? I think Waititi did eight, didn't he? No, yeah, he did eight. Favreau didn't direct any of them. When we get to each episode, I have that information down there. Each episode was so formulaic, it felt very Walking Dead-like, where the first 90% of the episode was kind of meaningless, and you knew the action was coming in the last 10%, and that was literally every single episode, so that kind of got frustrating. If you're just waiting around, it's like an NBA game. You don't have to watch the first three quarters, you watch the fourth quarter, and you get the gist of it. That's frustrating. Did you like how it was a weekly thing? No, because that's why I stopped watching. So if they just released all eight episodes, I probably would have been done in a day, and I would have maybe felt better about it because I could have ignored some of the stuff I didn't like. Because I think it would have had the same effect that, say, The Punisher did, because The Punisher had like two or three really good episodes to start. Yep. Then there was a ton of fluff in the middle true. that you didn't really care that's about. That's true, yeah. But the last four or five episodes of The Punisher season one yep. was dope. And so Punisher had too many episodes. Oh, yeah. And they were almost too long. This almost had the opposite of that. But- same idea where the middle was just not there. So I'm wondering if I was able to binge if I would have just jumped out because I was like, what is this middle hour and a half? This is useless. Yeah. Or if I could have ignored it and just kept going and then I would have forgot about it by the end. I think you would have forgotten about it. But because I had a week in between, I was able to dwell on shit I didn't like and Mm -hmm. that made it worse for me. Okay. So each episode has about five minutes of like previous episode recaps, opening theme, end credits, yada, yada. So if you if you subtract that from each episode's runtime, they're like ten minutes long. You end up with four hours and seventeen minutes of content from season one. My foot fell asleep. <laughs> I would argue that only about two of those hours, so two of the four seventeen, were worth a shit. So that's about fifty percent filler or absolute dog shit, and I hate that. I fucking hate that. Chapters four, five, six brought nothing to the table. Although I will admit the hand to hand combat in episode six was fun. There was some fun factor there. There is, but they also had Schlong Lady yeah. making the hissing noise. Yeah, annoying. So I just, I would just like to ask uh, John Favreau to stop wasting my fucking time. You know? <laughs> He's Let's listening right it. now. Do Let's you think he'll respond it. to it? Maybe. He seems like he might take criticism well. Because what I would have loved, maybe not loved, but either way, if this was a movie, and yeah. I think it was originally supposed to be a movie, right? I have no idea. And then Solo kind of derailed all their well, one-off so, movies. Yeah, so right around the time they were announcing solo and all that stuff they were announcing stuff like this yeah i do think some of them were announced as series now okay. i don't know if this was or wasn't because but you're right if this was originally intended if this was to a, be a movie yeah, if this was a two hour 15 minute movie it would be one of the better star wars movies so do you think the possibility exists that they had a movie and then they said oh we got to make it a series we got to add filler and that's what we got is that what you think happened judging by what they gave us maybe hmm, that's interesting because if that happened I don't blame Favreau as much. You know what I mean? Like, if they're like, okay, you have two and a half hours. We want you to have five hours. And yeah. he's like... Oh, well, now I have to fill right. in with some side adventures yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Because it do- that's what it feels like. And I I remember reading... If this ep- was a movie, you could have meshed episodes one and two into less time. Yeah. Episode three is a standout. And then episode seven and eight would obviously be the third act of the movie. And I remember reading after episode three or four, them talking about the side adventures and how it feels like a video game. And that really is how the season ends up feeling. Yeah. And that, again, is frustrating. Mac, do you want to get into the seven deadly sins of cinema television? 
of cinnamon, cinnamon toast crunch. Of cinnamon toast crunch, Mac. Let's start out with the fun factor. And Mac, some of it is very fun. Swashbuckling, classic Star Wars look. But episodes four through six were an absolute slog. Yeah. Especially starting with episode four that I hated. I hated episode <laughs> that four. episode is so bad. Yeah. They do try to give you fun in each episode. They do make that effort. Episode one, you get the shootout at the end. Episode yeah. two, you get a use of a force power. Episode three, the whole episode is tense. And then four gets a little gimmicky. Like the fun they try to have in four is where you start to lose steam. Four just felt like Ewok planet. It's like, let's all use sticks to fight the emperor. Yeah. And then it just felt like they were trying to make each episode have one memorable thing. But by doing that, they lacked effort during the rest of the episode. So I, the most fun I had from the season, what people will remember from the season is obviously Yogi Berra yeah. and his reactions and the ensuing gifs and memes on the internet. Because it looked like in episode six, they tried to have fun, but yeah. all of it felt really forced. It felt like forced family it fun. It did feel very forced. It's true. Force awakened. <laughs> Satisfactor. Were you satisfied by the end? I was satisfied. The final two episodes really clinched the satisfactor for me. Oh, man. I have trouble with this because I really loved the reveal at the end of episode eight. Overall, like if I remove that because it really wasn't a part of the season, it was after everything already happened. Um, this was one of the least satisfying seasons of television I've ever watched, at least in recent, recent memory. Mm -hmm. We just get nothing on the biggest thing of the season. The season's deal was Baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. Where does he come from? What's his deal? Where does we, he come from? Where does he go? Where does he... Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, right. Reference. Boom. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. We don't get any clarity on that. We don't get any movement at all on that. And so that would have been the satisfying part of the season. And they don't give us any of but it. But we get Mandalorian backstory. He's just... He's an okay character. He's hard to root for. Why? Because you don't see his face. So he's a robot more than he is a human. He's more of a droid than anything, even though he Ooh. hates droids. Beef but it's, it's tough to root for a character whose face you, you'll never see. That's why people hate you. The I mean, listeners can only hear your voice. That's why I'm trying to get on, on video more, you know? Yeah. Root for me, guys. YouTube, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube. Borometer. Did you find it boring? Mac, you wrote Mandaborian. Yeah, more like Mandaborian. Am I right? No, I will not make out with you. <laughs> yeah, there's like two hours in here that's quite boring. Yeah, at least half of it is very boring. Yeah, and that's stuff that good. I'm just like, move on. Yeah. Get on with it. Yeah. Uh, Aquator, is this above or below Aquaman? I think it's above. Barely. I'll say barely. Because, quite honestly, if a third of the season is meaningless, well, what's one third of 40? 13-ish? So we're, our ceiling here is like 27. So you're tossing beef jelly all over the place mm. right now. Jeez mm. Louise. Pants, tent, city. I had a couple things. Baby Yoda stuff was cool, and then episodes three, seven, and eight. Yeah, I really liked Mando kicking ass in chapter three. So if most of the season was like chapter three where they're on the run and he's going to do a lot of cool shit, the season would have been amazing. Uh, but what we get instead is some of Mando kicking ass, like in chapter three, a little bit in six, seven, eight. That shit was all cool, but also that was so sporadic throughout. It sort of leaves you feeling sour because you're like, oh, I wanted more of that. So it's kind of like milk. Yeah, there you go. That's more old like, milk. More like the Milkalorian. Am I am I right? More like some of that old blue milk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the chapter eight reveal really did give me a pants tent though because nice. that leads to a ton of possibilities. So I'm in on that. Halloween. Will our interest in this show go down? And I think depending on if season two is good or not. That's going to play a big role in this, and we'll focus more on the good or the bad of the season. 
Uh, there's literally nothing to gain from rewatching this season. So, yeah, this is going to go way down. All you get is Baby Yoda, and that's there from episode one. And then you get a reveal in chapter eight. That's how you get the whole season. That's bookended. Hot dogs! Hot dogs! Hot dogs! Hot dogs! And for those of you tardy to the Mac and Goo party, we rate everything on a 40 hot dog rating system. And Mac, I thought this season was wildly inconsistent, but does add a bit to the Star Wars lore. When it was good, it was very good. When it was bad, it felt unbelievably cheesy and a chore to watch. So that's kind of Star Wars-y in itself, right? Yeah. I will say that it did have the feel of the original trilogy, specifically when it's good. That's when it had that feel. And I did really like how the season was capped off, and I did enjoy most of the main characters. I give it 33 hot dogs, but if anything, I could see it going down. Okay. So you're right at that B- minus range. Yeah. Okay. B, B minus. Yeah. Um, Man, B, Lorian. So I disagree with you in that it felt like Star Wars. I thought it did a great job of looking like Star Wars. The set pieces, the characters, the towns. I think it did a really good job of looking Star Wars. But tonally, I don't think it ever felt like Star Wars. And that was an I issue I think the first me. episode felt Star Warsy. The first one did, yeah. And then they sort of lose it from there. I don't really care about the main character. Now, he's not a bad character. I just kind of talked about this. But that's going to be an issue going forward. If I don't care about your main character and I just care about his sidekick, that's really not that great for your show because there's no real reason to root for Mando. You're rooting for Baby Yoda is who you're rooting for. You don't really give a shit about Mando. So I care about where Yogi comes from, all the history behind the reveal in, in, in with uh, Gus Fring's character and something he does. And Mando is really just a vessel for all of that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I'll deal with that. One third of the season is worthless. You know, I've touched upon this, I've harped on this. So again, I think the ceiling for this show for me is twenty-seven. I want I want to subtract another couple dogs for the pacing issues and the formulaic episodes. Uh, but I also did love the chapter eight reveal and kind of all of seven and eight, and also the comedy at the beginning of eight really killed me. The two stormtroopers yep. fucking yapping. It Jason up. Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was obviously Tyka's touch there. So this show has potential. I don't particularly think this is a good show. But I think this show has a lot of potential because of where it could go in the Star Wars universe and because where that finale brings you and what it could mean and where they could go with Yolanda. But as it stands, this show is well below where it should be. Like it did not hit the potential it carries. So I'm right on the fence between like 26, 27 Diggly Doogers. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Mac, a couple extra yes, no questions. Were you Mandabordian? Yeah. Yes, I was. Did you enjoy the Mandastorian? No, I didn't, actually. While watching it, was it a Mandachorian? It sure was. If you had the opportunity, would you hop in your Mandalorian and go back in time? <laughs> to not watch it? Is yeah. that what you're asking me? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would be better off without watching it. Although I'd be pretty confused about the Baby Yoda stuff, so maybe no. So... Want to go on to spoilers? Yeah, I guess let's get to the spoilers. 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 Staying at a hotel is not the same thing as staying at the Fisher House. The Fisher House, I know, is a huge part of land recovery. For somebody like my husband, for them to know that their family members are being taken care of, that's a huge burden off of them. So they can concentrate on their therapies. Just having that assurance that no matter what, as long as we were there for Anson, that someone would be there to take care of us. It took so much weight off our shoulders. How can you help? Go to fisherhouse.org.
Propane taxi. Stop lugging that tank. We deliver propane straight to you. Exchange your empties when you're through. That's propane taxi. PropaneTaxi.com. What's cooking this weekend? If grilling is your plan, then make it easy on yourself. Go to PropaneTaxi.com. Enter promo code BBQ10 for $10 first barbecue tank exchange delivered to your door. It's that easy with Propane Taxi, so you can focus on family, friends, and fun. More like Mama Lorian, am I right? <laughs> so good. Because he's the mama. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want, as I kind of track the story arc here, to chime in with yeah. the episode information? Correct. Okay. So we're going to track the story, where it goes, where it, where it begins, where it ends. So episode one, chapter one, which is called... The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look for this for a little second. Where is it? The Mandalorian. Uh, so apparently he is the best bounty hunter left in the guild. Yep. Uh, and the guild is a group of bounty hunters, a club of bounty hunters, maybe. They get a little clubhouse there. So he's assigned, assigned this tall task that everyone else has failed at. So you're like, okay, they're sort of setting some scene here, trying to figure out who this Mandalorian guy is. You spend the episode getting to know him, the world, some of his, the characters there. And then he retrieves the package with the help of IG-11, which is Taika Waititi's droid character. And then he immediately caps IG-11. And you're like, okay. I nice. Guess, guess this is happening. Twist. Um, and we also get that cliffhanger at the end of episode one where you see this baby Yoda-like creature in the pod. Yeah. Which is like a oh shit moment because mm-hmm. now you're like oh fuck this show's gonna be awesome fucking yoda basically and then almost immediately we get the chapter two chapter two is called the child the child and so mando and yoda are just walking through this pass and this ravine and everything is slowed down because now we're just go- we're sauntering through the desert more like meandalorian yeah. am i right <laughs> smashed it and then we we go. No to, one's listening anymore. We go to fly away on our spaceship. Turns out Jawas have fucking ransacked our spaceship. We can't fly anywhere. So now shitbag Mando's got to go find idiot face Nolte Smurf guy. And he's like, oh, they want this egg. They, you got to go get this egg. So yeah. he's like, all it's right, a mission. I'll go get this egg. So one of those egg council creeps got to you too, huh? Oh, you got it all wrong, Homer. It's not like that. You'd better run egg! So he goes and gets this egg. And that's how we know that Watchmen and this is tied together. <laughs> it's a shared universe. So he goes and retrieves this stupid egg, gives it to the Jawas. We get Yoda uh, stopping this beast, mm-hmm. holding this beast with force. And you're like, okay, that's cool. But like this episode was completely pointless. And it was like 10 minutes long. If it was cut down movie style, that'd be a cool scene within a movie. Agree. And so then we get to chapter three. Yes. Which is, are, are you asking me to fill this in? Yeah. It's called The Sin. The Sin. Yes. So this sees Mando deliver the package mm-hmm. back to the mean guy with the mean face. And then he has a change of heart, which you sort of suspect was going to happen. And he decides he's going to rescue Baby Yo. Yeah. And I felt like this was the best episode of the whole yep. season. Because he also got a ton of Easter eggs of like, are they trying to clone him? Right. Like, right, what right. do they want to do? What is their deal? <laughs> and this had a very tense uncut gems like pace to it where you're like which is I why don't people know. hated it apparently I don't, it's this is uneasy i don't know where they're gonna go yeah who's gonna survive and then he goes on the run so i'm like oh shit as much as i disliked episode two we're on the run now this is gonna be and high stakes he also does house party protocol <laughs> and all of the other mandalorians have jetpacks and you're like when is he gonna get that jetpack? Yeah, why the fuck doesn't he have his jetpack if he's the best body hunter where's his fucking jetpack? yeah but the end of this episode leads you thinking like oh this we're going to have an awesome, tense season. I really like what they're doing. And what do we get instead in Chapter 4, Goo? 
Sanctuary. I was ready for that one. Sanctuary. So he lands on this planet, falls in lust with this woman. Yeah. Who has a child. So he's maybe he's into the single mamas, the MILFs. Maybe he's, that's he's kind of like you. That's his whole deal. Yeah. yeah. But we do meet Gina Carano. We do meet Gina Carano, and she does some MMA stuff. Maybe the episode that is gift the most or meme the most, because this is when Baby Yoda tries the bowl of soup. Drinks some tea. Yeah. yeah. He's sort of Kermit Frog situation there. Yeah. But this episode adds absolutely zero depth to our characters. It does not progress our story in any way. We do meet Cara Dune, and she's fine. She's there. She's a little beefy. Uh, she's muscular. What are you going to do? We get some sweet hand-to-hand action. No, no, no. Some nice hand that's, stuff. That's wrong note. When's the hand stuff coming? Uh, so the end of this episode, you see, I think it's an ATST, And they kill it with sticks. And you're like, okay, that doesn't seem real. I was so mad after this episode. I was like, are you serious? You're like, how did this make the cut? Why is this there? Oh, my God. The way you end episode three and then this episode, you're like, there's what no way. There's no way they let this happen. And they mm-hmm. did. And so then you get five and six. Gunslinger and the prisoner in these episodes might be more useless. I hate episode four. Yeah, episode five is so clunky. And uh, Bobby Cannavale's son stinks. Yes, that guy sucks. Mm-hmm. And you knew he was bad the whole time. You watch this half-hour episode, knowing that he's going to change. He's going to twist at the end. What I did like about this episode, and we are in spoilers, mm-hmm. is at the end. The Mandalorian so easily defeats him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Super simple. He's like, hey, look over there. The yeah. guy looks and he shoots him. It's like in dodgeball when you throw one ball up and the guy looks and you drill him in the chest. Like he was so inexperienced and dumb yeah. that it literally took three seconds to beat him. And by the it way. It was Batman versus the Penguin. I think this is the last time we see uh, Mando's dust particle gun thing. Where does that thing go? Because that's uh-huh. a sweet weapon. That's an awesome weapon. We don't see it again after this after You know this what's okay? A good-looking weapon, but kind of useless, mm-hmm. is the flamethrower. Everybody else seems to be using laser guns. Why are you just shooting out six feet of flames? And also, it takes a, a long time for most things to catch fire. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously... Oh, piece, that's right. You're a fire expert. A piece of cloth is going to catch immediately, but you, if you're wearing kind of armor or shit like that, like, yeah, it's going to hurt, but you're not gonna your skin's not going to catch on fire. It's not a great weapon at all. No. It's a good weapon to get someone to back off, because... Intense heat is going to do that to anyone, but yeah, it's kind of overused, I'd say. So this is the worst use of a flamethrower in 2019. <laughs> What's the other example? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, best okay. use. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Good call. We have two examples. We it's forget, one or the other. We forgot that category last, <laughs> I know. in our last episode. Yes. Uh, so then we get to chapter six. The Prisoner. The Prisoner. And I think a lot of people hated this episode because Bill Burr pulls a me and mails it in. It's almost overshadowed how bad he is. <laughs> because the other three characters, the three alien characters, yeah, the big suck. The big red guy's terrible. The big red guy, which first off, I'm pretty sure got decapitated at one point, and they His just kind of for- was detated. And they just kind of forgot about yeah. it. And then the dickhead twins there, yeah. Um, they looked so crass, too. They looked crass, and they kept making hissing noises, <laughs> and I think they made out at one point. They embraced a little too well. It was junk to junk at that point. <laughs> they were they were bumping uglies. But like she kept on hissing at him, <laughs> and she kept on making weird cat noises. And he was barking. Like, what was... <laughs> who thought of this? Like, who said, you know what we should do? Like, like we'll have this sharpshooter over here. Yeah. Which, by the way, when Mandalorian is doing like this hand-to-hand combat with the which, droids. Which was cool. But the other four characters, including the muscle of the group, yeah. is going to watch. Yeah. Like, stupid. why aren't they all doing something? Yeah, you do They're get... just sitting back going, ha, ah, this guy's a pro. <laughs> oh, check this guy out. He's beating all the droids. <laughs> Fixing all the droids. 
you do get sort of an alien aliens feel there where you're trapped inside a ship and you can't escape. But I didn't feel any tension. But there was yes, there, there was, was somehow zero no tension because you knew Man- Mando was going to win. So they lost that aspect. Also, he is the worst at hiding a child. Yeah, there's so great many at points it. You could like, just lock that thing, right? Where, like, accidentally someone just hits a button or, like, yeah. bumps into something. Like, oh, here's this hiding child. And then out of nowhere, Baby Yoda, like, rolls out. <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, what's this? What are you, some kind of a prevert? And I think... Like, it's a fucking... <laughs> everyone has aliens. And in Chapter 6, I know you don't watch the show, but it gives us the team-up that Rick, Rick and, and Morty, Morty yeah. shits on. And so that makes it look worse. And we also open Chapter 7 with that. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. Now... Since the end of chapter three, we have not progressed our story in any way whatsoever. And so what I would say is that what they should have done is after episode three, you skip the next three episodes and then to start this episode three months later. (laughs) And again, what do they open with here? Another fucking team up. So you're like, oh, good God. Uh, But at least we do get in this episode the death of Nick Nolte Mm -hmm. because I want nothing to do with that character. Fucking like dinosaur dragons where did that thing come from yeah yeah i guess and actually true i know that they talk about those in a new hope because that's the impression that obi-wan is doing to scare like the jawas away oh gotcha so they do talk about those bad boys all right and now we get those yeah but this also this coincided with the rise of skywalker yeah and perfectly timed out with now everyone can heal. Yeah, the biggest takeaway here is the force healing from mm-hmm. the episode. But I also felt like the episode got back to the pacing and the tone of chapter three. And that's what I loved about the show. The only thing I really loved was that part. What I loved is the montage of IG-11 learning how to carry cups. <laughs> because if they didn't show that to us, I would have been like, I don't buy like, this. Uh, he's not a good This waiter. seems like a stretch. What? Uh, so seven sort of ends on a cliffhanger and eight opens right where well, we get Gus Fring at the end of episode yeah, seven. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, here he is. His hair looks terrible, by the way. <laughs> they had to hair. do something else with that. Yeah. That doesn't look good. So it ends there and you pick up chapter eight right where seven left off. And eight is eight is called Redemption. Redemption. And this starts off where Gus's character, to show that he means business, cuts the throat of a stormtrooper right behind him. <laughs> No, that's Breaking Bad. I was kind of watching two things at once. (laughs) What 7 and 8 do, though, is kind of have a Breaking Bad-ish tone where you're like, oh, I don't know if our heroes are going to win here. So I thought for a second in episode Mm 8, they were going to let the Mandalorian die. That'd be sweet. Right? Yeah. That would have been really cool. Because he's a faceless person. And again, I feel like he's more a vessel than anything. I thought it was going to be like, now this person's the Mandalorian. And, like, the Mandalorian could be anybody because it's a race of people. Here's my flamethrower. Use this wisely, and that's how you become Mandalorian. But maybe the lady that makes all of, like, the iron shit, oh, maybe the she lady. then becomes the Mandalorian. Right. Or just a random right. other well, Mandalorian so, so becomes the Mandalorian. Yeah, so putting maybe Boba Fett the steps in. in front of it is interesting because all you got to do to be a Mandalorian is be from Mandalore and join yeah. this fucking gang. That's it. Like, there was a real possibility at that point, and I'm like, are they going to kill off the main titular character of this show? The Clone Wars does a good job dealing with Mandalore and the Mandalorians and, and like, building up their lore. Do you and recommend so, that? Do you think that yeah, yeah, that it, show is better than this show? Oh, for sure is. Okay. For sure is, yeah. How many hot dogs would you give that show? The Clone Wars is, like, 32, 33, 34 in that range. Some episodes are great. Some episodes are useless. They have a pro- Okay. They have trouble spotting episodes sometimes because they're trying to get every character involved, and yeah. some of them are just useless. <laughs> but 
episode eight does open with the funny comedy that is Tyke is known for. And within one sentence, I'm like, that's Jason Sudeikis. I didn't even realize it was. Until I knew it immediately. You told me afterwards. But them arguing about who gets to look at Baby O is fucking hysterical. But also them just like randomly shooting at a can. And they can't hit it. Because <laughs> they're right stormtroopers. The, and they're like, <laughs> oh, I think it must be broken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get like the, the good tents where they're pinned down in, in the, uh, the house there, the hut. Yeah, um, you get the underground tunnel where the Mandalorians were staged, and then the armor later beats the shit out of a bunch of stormtroopers, which is a cool scene. And also, if you couldn't figure out what's going on, IG Eleven explains the whole thing to you. <laughs> yeah. Also, Mando gets his jetpack yep. in this episode. Gets his jetpack and utilizes it. Yeah. And then he loses it. Let me ask you a question. So, when the Mandalorian is dying, mm-hmm. why doesn't Baby Yoda try and save him? Uh, they weren't together at that moment. I no, they're think. in the same place, and he's like, "Leave without me." Huh. And he gives her, and he That's gives him to Gina Carano. Maybe he was still resting, you know. Maybe, maybe. You know question. what I liked was in the episode prior, yeah. out of nowhere, Baby Yoda just starts choking Gina Carano. Yeah, and they're like, "Ah, oh, what are you doing?" And he's yeah. like, Ugh. "It's an impulsive child, you know. Yeah. Sometimes kids want to choke." And then also in this episode, when Carl Weathers is like, "Do the hand thing," and he's like, "Hi," he just waves to him. Just waves to him. <laughs> yeah. That fucking killed me. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Uh, and so at the end of the episode, we get IG-11 going into suicide bomb mode, mm-hmm. and that saves... After he tells us 10 times. Yep. That saves our gang, our, yep. our fun gang. Gus Frank comes flying in in the TIE fighter. And this was kind of cool. Oh, this is very cool. The ship looks awesome, and then Mando's got to sack up and figure out this whole jetpack thing. He does. He brings down the, the TIE fighter. Uh, Mando, Carano, and Carl Weathers. Now, do you think that people crashing in these TIE fighters is yeah. kind of like a helo crash? I guess so. I think you pointed out to me that people survive helo crashes. Yeah, all the time. A lot of people survive helo crashes. Yeah, we saw Suicide Squad. I know. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And I, I, you have to wonder now, is Gus Fring's character a force user? Mm. Or does he just have a lightsaber? How much does it cost to actually use the force? Like, is there a costly thing, money-wise, <laughs> when creating the show? Well, you got to sign up for the class. <laughs> no, I mean, like, so say if we want a ton of force power in yeah. season two. Yeah. Does that cost extra money because of, like, CG? I think you can do a lot of Force stuff practically with the ropes, and you can pull people, and you can just edit that out. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know. if they're focusing on Baby Yoda, or say if they add a young Luke Skywalker, yeah. or say if Gus now has Force powers, yeah. like, will that cost extra money, or will they just avoid doing it? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe tweet that at, at Jonathan. I'll just ask Davey. Johnny boy. No, Davey generally knows. Yeah, there you go. And so at the end of episode eight here, you get Gus Fring. And first of all, Mando just like leaving Carano and Carl Weathers on that planet and going away doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Well, now he is tasked with bringing the baby back to its home planet. Yeah, of course. We don't even know where that is. No one knows where that is. They appoint him the Mamalorian. <laughs> um, we get the Darksaber here. Yeah. From Gus Fring. That was dope. Um, really cool. And it looks really cool. So you get a little bit of this in the Clone Wars, but I haven't got to the point in the Clone Wars where they explain it. But essentially, because Davey tried to explain it on Hashtag Dork and just seemed to make it more confusing. Essentially, the leader of Mandalore has the Darksaber. But at one point in the Clone Wars, Darth Maul kills that guy and takes the Darksaber. Yeah. So then he has it, I think. It's basically, whoever has it is a bad guy, essentially. But it's a really cool lightsaber. Now, let me ask you a question. In Episode Eight, we see another Mandalorian that saves the Mandalorian. Yeah. Was that Boba Fett? Oh, oh, yeah. We get the flashback. So my question is: Was that Boba Fett, or mm. was that Gus Fring as an old Mandalorian? Are we human? 
Or are, are we, we Donkey Kong? <laughs> I don't think that was Boba Fett because Boba Fett has done nothing in any of Star Wars lore to indicate he's a good guy. So was that Gus Fring as a Mandalorian? No, that doesn't seem to make sense either. Look, nothing makes sense, man. I and think it was just... You know what happens when things don't make sense? It was the Force. <laughs> I think it was just a guy who inspired uh, Mando to become Mando. Nothing just happened. What's his real name, by the way? I already forget. I don't know. It 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 says it in the show. Does it really matter to you? No, it doesn't. In Star Wars in general, nothing just happens at random. Everyone is either related or it's a character that we already know. That's true. So that Mandalorian has to actually be somebody. It can't be Boba Fett. Although... It happened like 20 years prior. he is alive somehow. But it also happened 20 years prior when he's definitely alive. Oh, true, 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 true. Good point. Yeah, because this is what five or ten years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and he five, I think, and he dies in Return of the Jedi, and this is. But he also technically doesn't die in Return of the Jedi. He survives the pit. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But anyways, listen, it did a lot of good things, and it shows potential. I just feel like people are vastly overrating this season. Whereas I believe there is two and a half hours of what you could have made a great movie, Mm -hmm. and this could have been an upper echelon Star Wars movie, possibly on the Mount Rushmore, if you ask me. Not for me, but I see what you're saying. I also feel like we're two guys that lean towards movies because oh yeah, the other thing here, and you can't underrate this, when you ask someone to buy into a show, a series, it's a big commitment. So when you waste my time or yeah. you give me shit, I'm fucking because mad about if it. If I have to recommend this, I will tell people, uh, the four, five, and yeah. six, you kind of have to huge either caveat. get through or just skip. Yeah, massive caveat. It depends. Do you want cute baby Yoda? Because I think the cutest baby Yoda is four, five, and six, specifically four and five. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you got to call a spade a spade here. It wasn't a bad show, but it did a lot of stupid fucking things, and it could have been way fucking better. And I think we both agree for season two, we want more baby Yoda Specifically, the backstory, where he's from. Yeah, I don't want more him doing things, but I want to learn things about him. And then we also want more backstory into Gus Frank. Yes, those are the two things I want. Let's get into Max Sack. Max Sack could be anything, and this could be a response to a tweet that Mac and I both put out. We had our top 10 Star Wars characters. Specifically from the movies, I will give you my top 10. I'll start at 10 and count up or down, right? Down? Count down. You do whatever you want to do. Power rankings. At number two is Babu Frick. Number nine, Ray. Eight, Leia Organa. Seven, oh, hold Chewbacca. Up, hold up. Hold up. Yeah. You started with number two? Ten. You said number two. I said ten, Babu Frick. When you go to edit this episode, you'll see you said number two. Go to the tape. <laughs> Seven, Chewbacca. Six, Luke Skywalker. Five, Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker. Keep that in Babu, mind. Babu, Babu, Babu. Frick. Number four, K2SO. Number three, Yoda. Number two, Kylo Ren. And number one, Han Solo. Fricky Babu. Fricky, Fricky Whereas Babu. Mac had number 10, Babu Frick. Number nine, K2SO. Eight, Leia Organa. Seven, Darth Vader. Six, Yoda. Five, Chewbacca. Four, Rey. Three, Kylo Ren. Two, Han Solo. And at number one was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, for me, that's a pretty solid top eight. And then I loved K2 so much in Rogue mm-hmm. One. I had to get him there 
And of course, Bobby Frick was making my list. I think we learned from most of these comments is that everyone hated Finn. You do a good job talking about this. He's got maybe the single most compelling backstory out of any of the yeah. Star Wars characters we've ever seen. He was He's a reformed stormtrooper. Unique, very unique. Yeah, and uh, we get some of that in The Rise of Skywalker. That's a very intriguing, compelling backstory. Yeah. Which, by the way, J.J. talked about a deleted scene that was going to be in talked the movie. Talked about multiple deleted scenes. Where, so Wes tweeted something last yeah, night. So I retweeted it. What Finn was going to tell Ray was that he is Force-sensitive. Also, J.J. didn't want So wanna... we were both wrong, by the way. True. Yeah. J.J. wanted to do several things that, that Disney didn't want to do. And it cut and 40 Dis minutes and out. And Disney won. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff J.J. wanted to do is very interesting. Some of it I don't know if I would have liked, but here's how he would have done the last scene. He wouldn't have done the kiss mm -hmm. between uh, Kylo and Rey. And where you hear all of the Jedi's voices from Jedi past. You would have seen. It would have been like a fourth which, circle of ghosts, which would have been really cool. It would have. Which, by the way, and this is something that I would have changed in the movie, is... When Kylo sees his father, because that's a memory. It's not a Force ghost. I think that he should have seen a Force ghost, and it should have been of Anakin Skywalker. Because they have similar paths, and this would have been more of but a bookend. But he has no actual connection to Anakin, but other he, than he looks at the to Vader. But the connection that he would have had is he could have shown up as an actual Force ghost. But it's and so he could much harder to, to buy emotionally because he has no connection to him. I would he have bought that into connection it because, with his father. But they had similar journeys, though. But it doesn't mean he has the emotional connection. It doesn't mean And that. what he could have told him is that, look, I also went to the dark side, and... Because I went back, I brought balance to the Force. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but a, a dad can do a better job at conveying those emotions. FR period Chip Hines is wondering why everyone loves Kylo Ren. To which I would say he's the most human-like in all of these movies. Yeah, you finally get a human villain, if yep. that makes sense. Because Darth Maul, not a human. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader, not a human. He's well beyond human. Yep. Kylo Ren actually shows emotion, shows turmoil, and shows that He's sort of indecisive. Like, he's actually a human character. And yeah. that's actually, that's, uh, what's the word? Refreshing. Mm -hmm. Refreshing is the word. At Facetti62 also had the Millennium Falcon on his list as one of the best characters. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the inclusion of the Falcon. I agree with that. Uh, Mark C or Marcy. I don't know what you want to call him. I like calling At him Marcy. Zig2K yeah. said that Ray seems pretty low. She's phenomenal, genuine, yet powerful. Yeah. I and think I had her three, right? Gianna agreed with him. Yeah. At Gianna Picaro. You had her like seventh or something, right? Uh, number nine, maybe. Yeah. You at KG11 underscore 22 said throwing shade at Akbar. And to which I would say, if this was a podcaster's dozen, <laughs> Akbar's at number 11. Yeah. You could squeeze Akbar at eight on my list, but then I got to bump K2 or Babu, so I'll put him 11 as well. At the Walking Ken said, the lack of Mace Windu is concerning. Yes and no. He's sort of in that Akbar range. Is he better in the Clone Wars? He's more integral, but he still doesn't do a ton. Also, some people that wanted Leia to be a bit higher on there, but once again, Leia's in all six of these movies, and... I had her higher than you did? Maybe? Seven and eight. I think we both had her at eight. Okay. Episodes seven and eight don't really yeah, help so her out. She's a very good character. But like I said, the top eight is strong. Like if you moved her to six on my list, I'm fine with that, too. I think I had Vader at six. Say people more really people, love well, Vader. So most of people's list does have Vader at number one, which I think is interesting. Which So if you took the Anakin stuff out of the prequels, yeah, maybe. But we're also relying yeah, on a three-minute scene in Rogue One to really show his power. Well, that's my whole point. So he, and it's specifically movies. So yeah. if you're including comic books, video games, other lore, 
Maybe there's more there. Yeah. But just from what we've seen on the screen, maybe not number the one. The look of Vader is oh, all-time yeah. great. Yeah. What he actually does in that original trilogy, not that great. Mm-hmm. Not that great. And then uh, this is from at the Jacquez. For my list is a bit different, but would definitely have K2SO. Yeah. I agree, baby. Best droid we've ever seen. I think easily the best droid. I have him at number four. And actually- You got I, him at four? Yeah. Nice. What I did like in this is the droid specifically tells us, I am a computer. I have no emotions. I'm not a real person. Right, right, right. I actually really liked that line. Yeah. Because everyone's always treated droids as another character, as another person within this uh, universe. Except for Mando. Except for Mando, (laughs) which is great. Another person also says, what about Boba Fett, you nerf herder? Yeah, so Boba, even worse than Vader, literally does nothing. Does no things. So... Eat shit. Max Sack also has an iTunes review. This one comes in from It's Dave R. He writes, can't stop listening. Five stars. A huge fan of the podcast. I listen to every episode. Thank you. There is 368 pieces of content up there right now. Appreciate you. So if you started this on January 1st, you'd be done on January 4th of the year after. Or you could listen to more than one episode a day. Whatever, whatever I would say, your boat. if you listen to more than one a day, you might OD. Said, keep up the awesome work, guys. Also, can't wait for more sweet dino action. To which I would tell him, <laughs> you're going to have to wait until June of 2021 for that. Uh, did they announce the name of that film yet? No, they have not. Oh, All I've did, seen so far is... They did announce that Goldblum was attached, right? What sucks is that they've already used Jurassic World. Because this actually would be... You can build up to world, right? Should have built up to world. Because this actually is Jurassic World. It's dinosaurs within the world. Yeah. And that eight-minute teaser that they made last year... You think it'll be Jurassic Universe. (laughs) Jurassic Galaxy. Jurassic Galaxy. And then we get (laughs) Star-Lord. Finally. Because that eight-minute clip that they released on YouTube last year might have been some of the best Jurassic Park that we've gotten since the original Jurassic Park. Mm. It actually felt tense. It felt cool. It felt dark and dreary. I really dig that. Yeah. uh, Jurassic Park is sort of, and I feel this way sort of about Rocky as well, really living off uh, the nostalgia and the idea. But when you actually break down the execution of the films, not that great. No, but my six-year-old cousin... Loves all these movies. He is obsessed with these. He knows every dinosaur's name. And he told me that Jurassic Park 3 is his favorite. And then I asked him, did you like when the dinosaur talked to Alan? And then he took his toy and he goes, Alan. (laughs) He gets it. He gets it. That guy gets it. He gets it. He knows what his deal is. Hey, Mac, ask me what I've been watching lately. Good. Good. What have you been watching? I finally finished Movies That Made Us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah, I watched it as well. If I were to rank them, Mm -hmm. I think the Home Alone one is the best. For sure. I would then say Ghostbusters is number two. Oh, I thought Dirty Dancing was number two. So it's a flip-flop of those two. I would say one of those two. And what might hurt Ghostbusters is there's too much Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. What I really liked about- Dirty Dancing was actually really good stuff in there. But what I really liked about the Ghostbusters one is that Dan Aykroyd wrote the script. And they saw it, and they're like, you have a good idea here, Yeah, but we are going to change the entire movie. We're going to mold this. Like, this is... You're an idiot. Look, you got a good starting point. (laughs) You're an idiot. We're not going to keep this entire movie. (laughs) And then I think the worst one was Die Hard. And the problem with Die Hard is I feel like they really just gave you a lot of stuff you already knew. But also, I feel like the creators of that were way more smug and very confident in what they were doing, as opposed to the other movies where it was... 
people that might not have made a ton of movies yet, or they were fighting with the studio, yeah, or they were yeah. looking for more money, or they lost studio rights from one and they had to change to another. Yeah, the Die Hard one, they spent too much time talking about how Bruce Willis was a TV guy and yeah. no one really thought he could do this. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. So if you liked those, I would recommend going back and watching. There was a documentary a couple years ago about the Superman movie that did not get made oh, starring Nicolas Cage one. Yeah, okay. And there's a lot in there that's really, really funny and really interesting. Mm. Between what Tim Burton said, I still Kevin haven't Smith seen that, said. So maybe I'll go watch that. Because it's I, really, did re- I did go really and check enjoy that the out. movies that made yeah. it. It's go and check stuff. that out because there's a story where... I forget what the guy's name is. It's Peters is his last name. He was a hairdresser who became a movie producer. And his main thing is that he wanted Superman to fight a giant spider. <laughs> Wild West style. Well, he then produced Wild Wild yeah. West. And that's what happened. <laughs> I'll say this. The movies that made us does a great job of packing in information in like 40-minute episodes. Like, I agree. It's pretty amazing how much shit they fit in there. And then off of that also, too, if you haven't seen The Toys That Made Us, watch that, too. Yeah, highly Those are very that. creative. I like yeah, those. Yeah, The Toys was uh, more skewed. Well, I guess the movies, it's like 80s, early 90s is what the time frame. Well, that's what really I'm hoping for season two. On. I would like some early 90s stuff. Yeah, more 90s. I also really find it funny that they're like, and this movie was a smash hit at $170 million. I'm like, right. movies are making $2.5 billion now. Which is... Insane because more than ever we have means of not going to the theater, but more more than ever people are going to the theater, mm-hmm. which tells you the theater industry is doing something right. And like sometimes you have a theater experience, and I always think back to Doctor Strange that you will never be able to match at home, mm-hmm. and you don't want to miss that. Like the first time seeing Doctor Strange was fucking incredible. All right, Matt, if you uh, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mac, if you made it to this point of the podcast, please tweet us a gif of your favorite baby Yoda gif. Sure. Mac, where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Mac and Goo Podcast. On every other platform, we are Mac Ampersand Goo. Mac Shift 7 Goo. That includes Facebook, Stitcher, TuneIn, Casper, Speaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Also on iTunes. Get on iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, five stars. If you do that, we'll get you a free Mac and Goo t-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. That's Watertown Sportswear, 34 Mod Auburn Street in Watertown, 617-924-1840. The website is watertownsportswear.com. Watertown Sportswear, expert screen printing and embroidery. Guys, if you're on your phone listening to the show right now, you're on the Apple Podcast app. It's as easy as going on that app and just sliding your finger to five stars. Boom. Tpublic.com. Look out for the rest of this week. We'll have a Witcher six-pack done by Wesser. Ooh. Oh, that's the uh, Henry Cavill show yeah. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I have zero interest in watching that. I but do to, love Henry Cavill. But do you have interest in Wesser? I mean, I don't. that's a bad nickname. And also keep your peepers popped for a news dump. Tuesdays or Goosedays, I abuse kangaroos. Bye. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure. Staying at a hotel is not the same thing as staying at the Fisher House. The Fisher House, I know, is a huge part of land recovery. For somebody like my husband, for them to know that their family members are being taken care of, that's a huge burden off of them. So they can concentrate on their therapies. Just having that assurance that no matter what, as long as we were there for Anson, that someone would be there to take care of us. It took so much weight off our shoulders. How can you help? Go to fisherhouse.org.